Today we are starting a new series, a series we're calling Cultivate, and uh, during this series we'll be focusing on the fruit of the Spirit, okay, the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5. I'm sure many of you could quote this, so uh, let's go ahead and read this and get this stirring in our hearts. Um, Galatians chapter 5, if you've got your Bibles, your phones, uh, it'll be up here on the screen. The characteristics that we're going to be looking at are not just um, in Galatians chapter 5. They're actually uh, portraits of God that are painted throughout the scriptures from, uh, from, the, from Genesis to Revelation. We see these characteristics, these traits described. But uh, here in Galatians 5, they're, probably, they're put together in the most concise place that we, uh, we see them. So Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. They're at war with one another. And so that you do not do the things that you wish you do. Anybody here ever did something they wish they didn't do it? Don't elbow your neighbor. Just raise you. Okay, yeah. So, um, But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Hallelujah. Not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, <coughs> excuse me, dissensions, heresies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Underline the like. This isn't the only list. There's more. Okay. It goes on. It says, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I've told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You can't live any way you want to live and be uh, one of God's, one of the king's kids, all right? So he says, those who live in the kingdom of God, those who are sons and daughters of God, then this is what they display. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. They're more powerful. The character of God, the character of Jesus Christ overcomes anything that the law would try to constrain us with. Amen? Aren't you glad that grace is greater than law? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Anybody like fruit? Maybe I, I like fruit. I didn't say fruity. I said, do you like fruit, right? Right? Yeah, man, I love fruit. Anybody here grow a garden? How many people here have a garden? Anybody have a garden? Okay, we've got a few people. How many people here have ever attempted to grow a garden? So uh, I was walking this week in my neighborhood, and uh, this is a picture. This is, um, <laughs> it's our neighbors. We pick out of it, but it's, uh, it's no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't say this. All right. So. Okay, this, this is one of the neighbor's uh, gardens. I think it's a pretty amazing garden. We've never had a garden look like that. We had a garden twice. I don't know what happened. Zucchini took over everything. It just, it just went crazy. So, so th this is a garden. But then I'm walking, and, and six or seven houses down, there's another neighbor that has a garden. This is his garden. Wow, a little different, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, we see that gardens come in all shapes and sizes. This guy had his sprinkler system going, and you can tell, man, he really, really takes care of his gardens. Well, no matter what size the garden is, we if you've ever planted a garden, you know that there's a process that goes on. You uh, till the soil up, you um, put it in nice rows, you you might fertilize some, you you get you prepare the environment, you prepare the atmosphere, then you go and plant seed. Y'all, I don't see anybody writing this down, taking notes. I'm trying to help you here. How to grow a garden? Okay, 
So you plant the seeds, okay, you plant the seeds, and then, now I know this is a revelation for some of our young people here today, food comes out, it doesn't come in a can, it comes out of the ground, okay, you, okay, that's where it starts, so it grow, so you plant it, um, you might have to do a few little things, you might have to pick some weeds and add some fertilizer, keep the bugs away, but most of the time, after you plant the seeds, water it a little bit, after you plant the seeds, what you're doing is, is you're waiting. You're in a season called growing season. Growing. Things need time to grow. And I want to just declare today that I believe that we, New Covenant Church, are in a growing season. I believe that it is, it's time for us to grow in the Spirit and in the things of the Spirit. I believe that, 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 you know, like just like that garden that's been prepared, God's been working, he's got things, there's things that are planted, and it's time, things, got, things are growing up, they're growing up in us, and I'm believing, I'm believing that this season is going to produce an abundance of fruit in our lives, amen? Anybody excited about that? I am excited about it, I'm thankful for it. So today, again, we're laying the foundation, we're going to lay the foundation for our entire series, a series that we're calling Cultivate, Cultivate, all right? It's going to be about the fruit of the Spirit. I encourage you to go ahead and maybe start reading that scripture over and over again there in Galatians chapter 5. But before we dive right into the fruit of the Spirit, I, I really do want us to grow in our spiritual IQ, okay, to become more spiritually uh, intelligent. I think as a spirit-filled church that, that we must be serious about the things of the Spirit and we must take seriously the instruction of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, which says this very, just very simply, it says, do not be ignorant about spiritual things. <clears throat> now, I want to be nice today, all right? The Lord's been really good to us. But there's been a lot of spiritual ignorance that's gone on in the body of Christ. There, there's been a lot of spiritual ignorance on both sides of the fence, okay? And those that, 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 that just go, you know, believe in the Holy Spirit and let, uh, operate in the Spirit and the Pentecostal charismatic realm, there's been a lot of ignorance on the other side as well. And can I tell you that, that either spectrum of ignorance is never going to bring the fruitfulness and, and the fullness that God wants in our lives, in this Christian, the spirit-filled Christian world, there's a lot of talk about the works of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, words of wisdom, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, signs, wonders, miracles. I thought you'd all be shouting by now up in those aisles. You know, man, we believe in this stuff, right? We, I mean, I, I, I believe in it. I, I believe in it. I want to see uh, more of it. God has done these things. He's given these things to the body to accomplish his purposes in our lives and to be a blessing to other people's lives. The problem comes in, though, that I think that so often there's been so much emphasis on spiritual gifts, we've forgot about the fruit of the Spirit. And what happens many times is that there's a there's almost like a conflict. It's almost like you have to choose sides. Are you going to be a fruit person or a gift person? And, and, and I've heard this. I've heard people debate this. I've seen articles where <clears throat> people debate about, well, what's more important, the gift of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit? And, and can I tell you, it, it shouldn't be like this. This is very problematic because they're not at enmity with one another. And they're not at war with each other. They're not contending with each other. 
As a matter of fact, they're absolutely necessary. They complement each other. I believe that God gives the gifts of the Spirit. Hear me on this. I believe that God gives the gifts of the Spirit to build up and to edify and to strengthen the body of Christ so that the fruit of the Spirit would be more evident in our lives. Man, wouldn't, wouldn't, you, love to just be a, wouldn't you love to see that more and more fruit evident in our lives? The, the fruit, the character of Christ, the, who, who he is just being evident in every portion of our lives. And we know that what would happen, don't we? We know that as the fruit grows, that, that more of the character, more of the heart, more of the conduct, I, I believe more of the presence of Jesus would be, would, be, would be here, would be in us, would be among us. And how many people know people are drawn to Jesus? Amen. He's, man, he's attractive, and, and we want to be people who attract people to Jesus. So again, hear me. I, I, I long, I hunger, uh, to desire, I desire to see more of the manifestations of the Spirit of God. I desire to see salvations. How many people know the greatest miracle ever accomplished is salvation? Amen? Amen? Come on, church, right? Amen? Salvation. I want to see salvations, people saved. Man, I'm thankful for being saved. I want to see healings. I'm thankful for the healings that we've seen, but I want to see more healings. I want to see miracles. I want to see the, the, the gifts of the Spirit operating in our church and in our lives. But can I tell you this? In all honesty, more, I hunger more to see the maturity and the development and the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. Things will change when the fruit of the Spirit is obvious. If the end result of the work of the Spirit is not a noticeable difference in our lives, if there's not an increase, a noticeable increase of, of the presence of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives as God works in us, then there's a problem. There's a disconnect, okay? And, and not only is there a problem, it will cause problems. It will cause problems in our lives. It will cause problems in our church. It'll cause problems in our communities. And unfortunately, We've seen it way too often in the body of Christ. We've seen people and churches with great giftings and little bits of character. And so we see people going into sin, and we see people that are powerful in the pulpit and pity, pitiful in life. And we see people who can, you know, do all kinds of great things, but they can't stay faithful to their spouse, or they, or they can't live in obedience to God when it comes to to money or to morality or anything else. We've seen it way too often, but it's not a new thing, okay? It's not a new thing. Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he, he begins to deal with this. And I went through this week, and let me, let me share with you, just to build you up, I know you'll be encouraged by this, an example of some of the issues. Pastor Chris, you think we deal with issues? Roger, you think we deal with issues, guys? Listen to some of the issues that the Apostle Paul dealt with with the, first, with the Corinthian church. You ready? You ready? Have you taking notes? A spirit of division, sectarianism. I'm a Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm Cephas, I like Roger, I like let him preach here, I like, you know, I'm a Chris, right? I'm a, and, and, and you know what? That's a spirit that he was dealt with this. Gross sexual immorality, incest, fornication, adultery, a spirit of divorce, disorderly marriages, idolatry, lack of concern about the Lord's, they were fighting during the midst of communion. Lack of compassion, they were legalistic and judgmental. Uh, judgmental attitudes and actions were pre prevailed. 
lawlessness on one hand, a religious spirit on the other, and they usually go together. People that are going to do what they want, they're either going to do what they want in sin, or they're going to try and do what they want in front of God. Okay, legalism, I mean, lawlessness and legalism, a religious spirit manifests so many times. Tithes and giving, they were all this out of order, okay? Uh, questioning, they were at this church. 40, less than 40 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, <laughs> 50 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they're questioning whether he even was resurrected, okay? There was unorderly operation of the spiritual gifts. They were fighting to get time to give their tongue, their prophecy, their interpretation. I'm the big prophet, you're a little prophet. All kinds of crazy stuff is going on. Sounds like a great church, doesn't it? But you know what? That's exactly how Paul describes it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says this, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you by Jesus Christ. Listen, listen he's talking about th this church here. He says, that you were enriched in everything by him, in all utterance, in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift. You know what we see here? We see a church that had lots of gift, but little character, and it became a problem. So for us, I want us to be sure that we know and that we note that in our lives, listen to me, church, okay? The gifts of the Spirit never validate an individual. They only validate God. Amen? Amen? We want them. Use us, Lord. But it doesn't mean we're great. If you'll remember in the Old Testament, God used a, ja uh, a donkey. <laughs> a donkey. God scared you, didn't I? I scared you. So that was intentional in my notes, right? He used a donkey, <laughs> right? So that's amazing to me. Some of you will applaud more for me almost cussing than you will about the Word of God. But anyhow, we'll just move on to something. Hey, Scott Wilson in his book, Clear the Stage, says, Demonstrations of the gifts of the Spirit aren't the benchmark of spiritual life. They should reflect the love of God poured into us and overflowing into the lives of others. Without that, we're just making noise. Just making noise. And can I say the only atmosphere, the only atmosphere where the spiritual fruit can flourish is love. And the only atmosphere where spiritual gifts can operate correctly, properly, is the atmosphere of love. Amen? It really is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 puts it like this. Everybody know this scripture probably. I'm reading from the Passion Translation today. It says, If I were to speak with eloquence in, many, in earth's many languages, and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I, possessed, if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains at any time, but never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, you only get to use that spiritual gift once. Um, without the pure motive of love, listen to this, without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. I would gain nothing of value. And can I tell you today that that is never God's intention for his people. 
God's intention is not that you, is not that you would, would be a people who are gaining nothing of value. God's intention is that your life would be filled with value. Listen, God is a great investor. How many people know? Okay, God's a good investor. God's always looking for a maximized ROI, return on investment. And you know what he's looking for? He's looking for it in your life and in my life for our benefit. God wants us to, to, to abound. Remember the scripture we say it so often there in 3 John chapter verse 2, where he says, Beloved, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you are continually enjoying good health just as your soul is prospering. God wants his people to prosper. God wants us to be in good health. He wants us to be healthy in our soul, healthy in our minds, healthy in our finances, healthy in our marriages. God wants us healthy. One of the main ways God transforms us is by what, he does, uh, by what he does in us by the work of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit are graces that God gives us and that God works in our lives and through our lives to bless us and to bless others for Jesus. Amen? Do we get this? It's a grace, the work of the Spirit of God in us. It's a gift of God to bless us and to bless others. So let's make some observations today about the fruit of the Spirit. You ready? Here we go. Number one, the fruit of the Spirit is singular, okay? It's the fruit of the Spirit. I like fruit, okay? Now, I, this, uh, this is an apple we had to happen to have at our house, but it's not my favorite fruit. My favorite fruit, I like pears. How many people like this? We have pear lovers, apple lovers, grape lovers, buahs. You know, that's blueberries. Well, we had three, the walkers, right? So blueberries, what? Peaches, huh? How many people like peaches? Man, woo, peaches. All right, what's yours? Uh, okay, kiwi, right? Watermelon, come on now, right? How many people are getting hungry just thinking about it? So, okay, listen, the fruit of the Spirit, it's just one fruit but it's given to every single person. Now, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, again, we, we read about this, the gifts of the Spirit, they're given individually. There's individual gifts that are given to different people all throughout the body so that together they work together, right, for the benefit, for the blessing, for the building up, for the exhortation of the body. So not everybody gets, not, not one person gets all of the gifts, Okay, everybody has spiritual gifts, but not every, nobody gets all of them all at once, okay? But everybody gets the whole thing when it comes to spiritual fruit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this about spiritual gifts, says to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, okay? It's given the gifts of the Spirit work for the building up, for the common good. Verse 11 says, and all these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Each one, okay, gets a gift, not all the gifts. But with the fruit of the Spirit, everybody gets the whole singular fruit in all of its distinct manifestations. That's, that's good news, folks. Y'all should be happy about this, okay? So we get it all. Um, I read something as my studies, he, one writer said this, he said, God is not in the business of developing lopsided disciples. 
<laughs> he's, he's not, you know, it's, it's hard to go any place with half of a tire, right? Has anybody ever tried that? You know, you're, no, that doesn't work. It, you know, we're, we're fumbling along. So God doesn't just give one aspect of the, the fruit of the Spirit. He fills our lives with all of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of Christ, which now lives in each of us individually. And then when we come, think about this, when we come together, it's multiplied. Man, the love is multiplied. The joy is multiplied. The peace is multiplied. It's, it's multiplied because each of us bring a supply of it. So anybody happy about getting it all? All of them? Love, joy, peace. Somebody's sitting there going, my gosh, I thought I had things work. Now I've got to be responsible for all of the fruit of the Spirit in my life? Well, maybe we need to get a little bit more understanding. Point two, you ready? Fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is from the Spirit. Okay, it's from the Spirit. Now, you, you should, this is heavy, deep theology right here. You should be good. The fruit of the Spirit is not from our efforts. It's the work of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working in us, reproducing Jesus Christ in us. Now listen, the last thing I want anybody to do today is to walk out of here going, oh my gosh, Pastor Sam gave me a list of nine things I've got to work on and make better in my life this week. I've got to be more loving. I've got to be more kind. I gotta, I, you know, how many people have ever tried to do it on your own? Anybody ever just made it, how many people ever just determined, I'm going to be more patient if it kills me, I'm going to, right? And I don't know about you, but sometime that week, I'm going to end up stuck in Dallas traffic, and I'm going to be repenting for cussing and all kinds of stuff. It's just, you know, I mean, right? It's frustrating. As a matter of fact, can I say this? It's impossible because it's not our responsibility to make these things presence in our life. You ever walk by an apple tree somewhere, man, it's just out there just growing, I got to make apples, I got to make, no, what you do? <laughs> just stay, right, no. The life, the life flows through the apple tree, right, through the branches, through the, right, and then we see the apples, the fruit gets produced. The scripture talks about this in John chapter 15, when it says, that, that the vine talks about the vine and the branches. I'm the true vine. My father's the gardener. He cuts off the branches that don't bear fruit. But he says this, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. God wants us to have our lives filled with the fruit of the Spirit. He says this, to my it's to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. God wants our life to be filled with fruit. You know why? I wish we had a big fruit basket up here. Because so others can come and they can eat of it. They can draw from the character of Christ that's in our lives. He wants to produce the fruit in our lives. Okay? And, and, and when we try to do it in our own strength, and, and some of us, listen, we're all wired differently. Some people are just automatically, God wired them to be kind, right? Have you ever just met some people, they just make you sick. They're just, I'm just, I mean, they're just, they're just kind, they're nice, they're, they're always, you know. And then you've met some people that they're just patient, you know, you're sitting in traffic or it's time to go someplace and you're sitting in the car. Not that I've ever done this, but blowing the horn, get in the car, we're going to church, 
right? And some people, it just, you know, it's, it doesn't. It's really, that's Yvette doing that. She's the timely one. I'm the one that's like, oh, are we going to church today? Yeah, you're preaching. So, uh, no, you just, you know, it's like this, this whole thing, so, you know, but it, it becomes very, um, first of all, I'll say when we try to do it in our own strength, it's, it's limited it, it, and it won't last. And can I tell you this? It's also lifeless. It, it, there's no reproduction. But when it comes to the work of the Spirit in our lives, when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, it's limitless. It's never ending. There's always on the increase. You can, you can give it away, and when you give it away, you don't lack it. You don't lose it. Amen? And it can be reproduced. It can be, man, the, the seeds of it can be planted from your life in somebody else's life by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yes. Amen. So the fruit of the Spirit there, okay? So it's the fruit of the Spirit. All right? How many people know Jesus said, they, you will know my disciples by their fruit, right? By fruit, okay? Number three. The fruit of the Spirit needs growth and development. The fruit of the Spirit does not come fully developed. Although you have the DNA of Jesus, the character must grow, develop, uh, and mature. In, uh, we talked about the gardens earlier. In natural things, we know that when we plant a garden, that there are things that absolutely positively have to happen, don't we? You have to have some ground. You have to have water. You have to have air. There needs to be some sunlight. And then what's the other ingredient there has to be? There has to be some time, doesn't they? And you don't plant the seed one day and go out there. All right? I think that's what happens too often, man. God does some work in our life. He starts something in our life. We go in there and we start digging it. We plant a seed of faith and we dig it up every day. wonder if it's grown yet. You know, it's like, no, we've got to have some time. We've got to wait, okay? We've got to be patient. We've got to let God work some. We have to do some things, right? We have to do some things. We have to keep the bugs away. We have to keep the foxes out. We have to keep all the birds and the rabbits and the critters out. We've got some things that we can do to help the growth. We can read the Bible. Amen? How many people that know hearing from God is very important in the growth of the, spirit, uh, growth of the fruit of the Spirit? Shake your head if this means yes today, okay? And so, how many people know that reading the Word of God will help you grow in the things of the Spirit? It will help you grow. That praying will help you grow. That, that being in fellowship will help you grow. Come early, eat donuts, stand around, talk to somebody. It'll help the fruit of the Spirit grow in your life. It really, really will. Obedience, service, these are all ways. But can I tell you that it's still the work of the Spirit. And God is doing great things in us to fulfill His promises to us. You know, I, I remember when I am... Um, I got saved back in the Jesus movement, and, and there was a lot of talk back at that time about, about being holy. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, being holy? Man, I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, not be, you know, hellish. You know? <laughs> but, so, I'm, you know, be holy? What a standard is that? What is that? You know, be, your holiness must be more than the scribes and the Pharisees. And, you know, uh, but, but just a few years ago, the Holy Spirit brought a revelation that that wasn't something that God was saying we had to do. It was the Holy Spirit saying something we get. That God says, my promise is that even as I am holy, you shall be holy. That, that you're, you get it, it's his promise. And people want to know what holiness looks like. Can I tell you, we see right here the picture of holiness. 
The picture of holiness is the manifestation of the character of Jesus Christ. It's the, the, it's the evidence, it's the obvious witness of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Ephesians 1 says it like this. He says, we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. There it is again. It, it's formed, it's done. This work is completed in love. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says, Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. It's His work in us. We don't come to the Lord and accept Jesus and then go, I've got to save myself. I've got to make myself righteous. That doesn't work. Why do we think we've got to take on the responsibility? We don't. All we have to do is allow Him to work in us do his work in us and, and that's the fourth the fourth point here the fruit of the spirit the fruit of the spirit requires our participation we get to participate we get to be a part of what god is doing in our lives we always have a choice of whether to submit our will to god or to try to do it ourselves and, and let me just a little aside here can, can i tell you that this morning that the only thing that our human will was ever created for was to be offered as a gift submitted unto God. The, the only thing, you know, well, you got a strong-willed child, that's okay. That's, that's not a bad thing. Man, great leaders come from strong wills, right? As long as those wills are submitted, they're, they're yielded to, they're, they're given to God to work in our lives. Being willful, and we've all got a will, we've all got a, 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 a human will, of, a will, but what do we do with it? Do we submit it to God or do we try to make things happen ourselves? So let's, uh, let's wrap up here today with just a, um, a little bit of an, an examination, okay? Maybe a, where everybody could just feel the joy filling people's hearts. Uh, somebody going, I just got out of school, I don't want to take another examination until, right, we get back. Not that kind of an examination. Well, let's just ask the Holy Spirit to help us to evaluate, maybe to assist us today to just see how are we doing. Second Corinthians chapter 13 puts it this way. It says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not, do you know, um, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless you are disqualified? Unless you're disqualified? I declare today that no disqualifications, amen? Nobody gets disqualified. You don't have to leave disqualified today. Maybe you're not in a personal relationship with Jesus. Today, Jesus is calling you. He's inviting you to come. To come to have this personal relationship where he forgives our sins, puts his life in us. His spirit works in us to produce this fruit that we've begun to talk about today. So let's, let's, um, let's look at some, some questions. You ready? Just a few questions. Here we go. Today, are you submitting to God's plan for your life? Just a simple question. Are, are we submitting to God's plan, God's purpose for our life? And I should have put the word purpose because I, I believe that more than just a plan, a step-by-step, -step, I believe God has a purpose for every life. So let me ask you again and, and just ask the Holy Spirit. God, Am I submitting? Is my heart, is my mind, am I, am I submitted to you? Have I submitted to your purpose, your plan, your direction, 
your lordship in my life? The second question, are you obedient to the word of God? Do I live in obedience to the word of God? It's a simple question. Okay, and, and, and God says to love, and do I love? And God says to, you know, remember those things he said earlier, no works of the flesh, right? No, no works of the flesh. And can I tell you, the works of the flesh, it's not who you are. That, that's not who you are. The, the Bible says that you are sons and daughters of righteousness. Are, are we walking in the righteousness that he's commanded for our lives? We're prophets, we're priests, we're kings, we're able-bodied ministers. Look, it's not just ministers that stand on the stage. Each and every one of us that are in Christ today are able-bodied ministers of the New Testament. We are people of purpose, we're people of destiny. As those people, are we living in obedience to the Word of God? Are we yielding to the Holy Spirit? Are we saying, come Holy Spirit and have your way in me, work in me? Today, I submit my will to you. I yield to you to come and to work your peaceable fruit of salvation in my life. Is that, so is the fruit of the Spirit growing in our lives? Are we people who are making Jesus more attractive to the people that know us? Are we that people? I hope that as we're sitting here that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Can I tell you that the work of the, the fruit of the Spirit is an indication that the Holy Spirit is present and working in your life. I heard this statement a long time ago. Maybe you've heard it. It's kind of out of vogue. Might put people into guilt and all that kind of stuff. But let me ask it this way. If it was a crime to have the Holy Spirit working in your life, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Would there be enough of the demonstration of love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness and meekness and patience and self-control? I think we should just narrow it down to eight, right? Let's leave self-control off, right? Well, I don't know, Pastor Sam. I'm not sure. <laughs> if you're not sure, I got a suggestion for you today. It takes a lot of courage. <laughs> Ask your wife. <laughs> Ask parents, how, how are we doing? Ask your kids. <laughs> Ask your friends. Is the fruit of the Spirit so obvious in my life that, 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 I'm, that I'm making Jesus attractive? Ask, is Jesus clearly visible in all that I say and all that I do? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, they were preparing for communion. Paul says, let a man examine himself. That's what we're doing. And then let him eat of the bread and drink the cup. Guys, will you serve communion, please? And while they do, let me just encourage you, just... Hold that cup that represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ and that bread 
that represents the finished work of Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you to say, Holy Spirit, right now I submit my life to you. I yield my life to you. I commit myself to walk in obedience to your word and your spirit. close your eyes and say Holy Spirit speak to me thank you let me tell you communion folks it's a prophetic act the scripture says that we should do this as often as we will as oft as we will in remembrance of him remembering everything he did until he comes. We're saying we believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. And until he comes, we want him to work in our lives and work through our lives mightily and powerfully by his spirit to accomplish his purposes in his kingdom for his glory. Can everybody say amen to that?